And we are live. Welcome to Tokenverse, everyone, a podcast powered by SNSW.io, where we discuss the ins and outs of crypto, bringing you meaningful and mission-driven conversations based on trust and growth. I am Bogdan Popa, SNSW's uh, head of community and today's host. And before we dive deep into today's episode, it's important to mention the following disclaimer. This podcast episode is not financial advice, nor any offer to sell or solicit solicitate an offer to purchase an interest in any entity or investment vehicle. This podcast is for the purpose of informing users of activity occurring on SMSW.io and educational purposes only. And we would also like to present you our new referral promo. Um, sharing is caring, everyone. In the VACME spirit, we have updated our referral program. You can now give your friends a 50% discount on trading fees and earn each time they trade. Get more out of your training, trading and friendships now at smfw.io referral. And we are ready to get into today's episode. So for everyone listening or watching us, welcome to today's episode. Today, we are jumping into Hedera's decentralized ecosystem with no other than Connor Devlin, co-founder of Hedera Starter. Connor, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to host you. Howdy. Um, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Very excited to kind of talk with you uh, and then kind of share with uh, FMFW and the rest of the community kind of what's going on in Hedera's neck of the woods. That sounds like a plan. So if you could just introduce yourself to our community, that would be great. Yeah. So uh, my name is Connor Devlin, co-founder of Hedera Starter. Um, Part of the leadership team, our other uh, co-founder is Mark, and he handles all the investor investor side and kind of more behind the scenes, um, you know, book building, things like that. I'm more of the face and uh, kind of operational lead uh, for the project. Um, and uh, it's been a wild journey. I think we really started to go uh, public back in February um, with kind of our intentions and our plans, and now we're nearing uh uh, almost the beginning of May at this point, and we're getting ready to launch uh, in May. And uh, so now, you know, all uh, full steam ahead with um, uh, in May, and then uh, getting all the all the all the tech stuff uh, crossed, all the the eyes uh, eyes and T's dotted, and all that jazz, and just getting prepared to uh, launch our DAP, launch the token, and then begin uh, onboarding and uh, deploying projects, and uh, gradually filling up the overall Hedera ecosystem. So that's kind of a little background on myself and uh, Hedera Starter and what's kind of going on with us. That's great. So from what I'm gathering, you have quite a full plate at the moment. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah, we have a we have a large team and uh, they're kind of all over the world. And I, I meet with people in the ecosystem um, really at any point in the day. And so I'm waking up at 3 a.m. and going to bed at, uh, you know, 9, 10 p.m. Uh, so it's quite a long day with lots of stuff. That's wild. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a wild journey for you, especially in the past few months, right? Yeah, exactly. It's really started to get uh, it's it, it started up in January, but it's really picked up by uh, in February, and since then, it's only going to get busier once we as we get more and more projects uh, in our pipeline. So, uh, but it's a lot of fun. So I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. Absolutely, and um. Now, before getting into the depth of the Hedera ecosystem, I would like to ask you a more personal question and 
I was wondering how did you get into decentralization? Like what got you interested in it? Yeah, so um for me it's not really an economic uh standpoint. I'm I'm a terrible person. I love politics. Uh I'm very much an ideologue in in the sense of uh you know uh, politics and philosophy and so that was kind of the underlying motivation for me to dive into you know decentralization uh and you know what's going on within the realm of cryptocurrency um and so with decentralization i feel like it's a really uh, interesting topic that can be explored and applied to a variety of different fields and because you can discuss you know decentralized economics you can discuss you know distributed systems and you can understand distributed systems as the decentralization of kind of tech uh, or you know even decentralized politics and you know as an example for me the intriguing aspect of is decentralized politics um, and so you know I'm going to use you know use and abuse my home state of Texas uh, here in the US mm -hmm. as kind of as a good example of decentralization because you know you can understand the United States as a giant kind of federal you know large political empire political entity it's a very big you know country lots of you know hundreds of millions of people it's a very yeah. big government um a very big centralized government um and so you know with the system that american politics operates in you have states which are already you know effectively kind of you know decentralized you know power zones and then within states you have all the counties and all the little districts and cities which are further decentralizations and so for me it's it's interesting to kind of um you know, pursue politics in a uh, in a in a route to decentralization. I don't uh, necessarily agree with having very large, massive, like behemoth countries. Um, you know, dominating and dictating uh, hundreds of millions and billions of people's of lives. Uh, I feel like you know, for the the betterment uh, or for people's well being, you know, you're going to find uh, that having you know smaller polities uh smaller countries more decentralized authority more local authority to kind of do what you please is going to be what's um most beneficial to people and so you know translating that into cryptocurrency you know we're just essentially devolving power away from you know in, in the case of the federal reserve uh, and the people that run the federal reserve and how all that happens um devolving the authority into our hands to be able to create our own that are able to function alongside uh, and improve the current, you know, financial systems that we're already in. So that's kind of the, the long and short of, you know, what got me interested in decentralization. That's great. So from your point of view, decentralization would make the world better by giving access to everyone and to just opening up the systems to more people and making the game just uh, more fair for everyone right yes you know you, you can think of it as you're just bringing everything closer to you because everything is about power at the end of the day um and so if the power is you know if let's say you live in france but you know for whatever reason the person who rules you is over in beijing you know does the person in beijing know exactly what you know what's going on in france the answer is no um you know having power very locally very close to you allows you and your community and your family and your friends to enjoy kind of a better life um, and hopefully have better opportunities as everything is already closer to you and it's not you know in some far off land run by a group of people that don't really know you and don't really care about you
Absolutely, and that's one of the reasons uh, that got me interested in decentralization. Actually, is okay. the the connectivity um, that uh, decentralization creates, and the feeling of belonging. And I cannot help but think about DAOs when it comes to the feeling of belonging. And mm. I would like to ask you, how important do you see DAOs? in the progressive process from a centralized society to a decentralized one and why? Yeah, so DAOs are going to be, uh, I think, a really great um, hybrid evolution of what you can do. Because, I, you know, I think the most immediate application in the real world of a DAO, whether, and this is going to be not the traditional answer, I think the traditional answer for, you know, how would you translate a DAO into modern society, you would say a corporate entity and we've already kind of seen some corporate structures um switching over mm -hmm. to the dao structure but i feel um uh, translation of daos would be into the example of the city or the local kind of community um where you i know nearly every single city you know it taxes its citizens and you know it has a budget for police officers and firefighters and all the other you know services that a city provides for roads and stuff but you know you could think of it that you are able to turn your city into a decentralized autonomous organization where all of these citizens are you know have you know the DAO tokens or how have some share of the DAO um, for the city and are able to see how funds are moved around and are able to more quickly more efficiently and more transparently vote on things um, that are going to directly impact them uh, and that they have more direct control over because, you know, in, in a traditional city, you might imagine that there'd be a council or a group of people that you might vote on to, you know, to do all the, the work to pay for city or pay for roads or, yeah. you know, talk about police or get more policemen or more firefighters. But if you can kind of pull away that authority from them and, and, and develop easy uh, structures, easy, transparent voting mechanisms where all of the citizens are in the city are able to vote and quickly execute funds, then you can, you know, the road that's, you know, has potholes that's by your house could more, you know, quickly get filled up or the police station that needs to be rehabilitated or the town council building that needs to be fixed could more quickly be fixed. So that's kind of where I would like to see um, or where I imagine seeing a lot more uh, evolution um, from a centralized society to a decentralized society. So, I love how you see it in terms of um, real life application and not just um, on, in the digital world. Because I think DAOs to actually succeed and progress continuously for the long game, they need to affect our lives outside the digital world as well. And um, at the end of the day, it all comes down to feeling that you can contribute to the decisions that affect you and affect those around you. And mm -hmm. that's the main reason why uh, DAOs, in my opinion, have become such a hot topic lately. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, it, it's, the whole, I mean, my, my whole, the motivation for me is to, to take all of the things that are happening here in Web3 um, and to the best of my abilities, try to bring that into reality. Because, you know, imagine you're, you're you know, you've invested in whatever token that's gone up, you know, you've made, you, you have 10 million, $100 million worth of your magic internet money. Um, 
but that means nothing if the if the area around you is so dilapidated, so worn down, um, so impoverished. You know, while you may have a lot of money on the on the computer screen, the roads outside your house are terrible. The supermarket doesn't have food; it's run down. There's no restaurants. There's no local thriving community. Um, so you know, at that point, it becomes you know, what is the you know, what can you do to bring all of the awesome things, all of the amazing innovations that are happening here on the internet, and what can you do to bring that into reality? to affect uh, the people around you for the best or for the benefit uh, rather than um, leaving them out to drive. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that need to be different um, between Web3 and Web2 is that, for example, in Web2, the things that we do through social media and communities stays in Web2, it stays digital. But where I think DAOs need to succeed is transcending web free and transcending the digital world and have mm -hmm. real application and affecting uh, our lives around the digital world as well. Agreed. Yeah. Um, now that we've touched uh, on some interesting principles around decentralization and DAOs, let's move on to Hedera Starter and I would like to start with a simple question. Why does Hedera Starter exist? Yeah, so um, Hedera Starter exists because we are taking our experience that we've learned from deploying projects and then for myself, my team kind of working other launch pads um, on other chains and then taking that to a uh, a chain that does, or to a network, sorry, um, that is pretty much starting from square one. You can understand if you've heard of the phrase tabula rasa or blank slate, that's yeah. kind of where Hedera is, you know. Um, and I feel like it's going to be a really interesting experiment to see what we're able to develop because, you know, we're all coming from uh, Ethereum and Avalanche and Solana and Phantom and Harmony and all these other blockchains that have very built up DeFi and, you know, uh, and DAP infrastructure. And now we're going to start over from square one. So it's basically like, you know, we know how the game is going to be played. We know what the final, you know, the be for a game. But now we're going to, you know, restart the game from, from the very first level and then play the game again, mm -hmm. um, knowing everything that we do. And so for me, that's kind of really interesting to see what we can do with that. Um, for Hedera, because Hedera is, you know, within the coming months, it's going to have a fully... Uh, working EVM that'll be parable uh, that I'll be able to maintain parity with Ethereum. So anything that you can deploy on any of these other major L1s, you would be able to deploy on Hedera just the same. Um, and so I'm very excited for what we what we're able to do because we're going to be starting, you know, effectively from zero to, you know, zero million or zero dollars of TVL uh, on, on the network, and then bringing it up hopefully to a billion and then on uh, higher after that. And that makes that makes two of us. Um, it's just exciting to see such um, um, a full of expertise team getting started from scratch. And especially when you start from scratch, the sky is the limit, and you can take exactly. it towards any direction. It's it, it's a very exciting place to be in, especially when you're surrounded by skilled people and uh, backed by experience and expertise. Yeah, because the biggest thing is um, w when you go, you know, on a network like Hedera, most people 
on the on the that most of the community isn't necessarily familiar with things like DeFi and these in these different DApps and metaverse mm-hmm. uh, DApps and things. So there's no biases, there's no preconceived notions that they might have against certain things, which allows you to experiment even more. Um, and so I would hope that we're able to really be a center of innovation and really deploy some really unique DApps on Hedera, whether they're different innovative lending protocols or trading infrastructure or money markets or whatever. I really hope we're able to just be extremely innovative with everything that we do on the network um, because that's, I think, what's going to help define Hedera and what's going to help it stand out amongst the other L1s. So it all comes down to innovating on Hedera. And I was, I was wondering why... Why did you decide to build a Hedera start around Hedera? Yeah, so um, the whole decision to build Hedera starter was we uh, we recognized that there was kind of like a gap in the market, and we also recognized that um, Hedera was eventually going to have its time in the sun. Um, and so, kind of what you're seeing right now with uh, near protocol. Now, mind you, Bitcoin yeah. and Ethereum decided to kind of go downwards, but that's because they're tracking the Nasdaq and the entirety of the stock market is macro bearish. Um, but regardless of that, near protocol is pumping its TVL is up 120 percent. You know, Aurora is going crazy, um, and that's happening because you know VCs and everything is are, all these people are throwing money into it. We're having unique you know, utility items being built. You have NIR's USN token, which is trying to compete with UST. Um, All that's happening. And all of that, I believe, will eventually happen with Hedera. And if we can be one of the main catalysts to start that off, um, you know, certainly we stand to make a lot of money ourselves and our community and our stakers and all that will make um, hopefully a lot of money. Um, But more importantly, we're going to be able to really kickstart off a new, you know, season for Hedera and be the reason that it breaks a billion TVL and then eventually gets on track to 10 billion TVL. Well, that, that's, uh, that's amazing to hear. And it really does make sense in the grand scheme of things. Um, why have you chosen to build on Hedera? And for community members and for listeners that are not that used to the Hedera ecosystem yet, I would like to get your take on the current state of the Hedera ecosystem. Yeah, so um, I actually I filmed a wonderful video yesterday. It's about 30 minutes long of me uh, whiteboarding and comparing Hedera and where it's at with its overall development to a bunch of the other layer ones. And and the best way to understand it as um, for, the, for the most part, when you look at these, you know, if you go on DeFiLlama.com and if you look at TVL charts for Avalanche, for Solana, um, for Phantom, for Near right now, um, you're going to see there's like nothing really happening um, in terms of, you know, if there's any value locked in. And suddenly you get a bump up, you know, TVL goes up, you know, 2, 3x um, kind of hangs out for a bit and then dumps back down. And then finally, yeah. there's a, a real bit of a catalyst and then it pumps all the way up. And that's when you're that's what you're seeing with Near right now and that, you know, that 100 percent gain. Um, and so where kind of at the calm before the storm within the Hedera community. We have some kind of interesting little, you know, tech going around. Um, we have NFT functionality. So the big hype right now within Hedera um, and for community members is NFTs, NFT trading. Um, a lot of community members are developing some fantastic and really interesting NFTs um, and NFT a- applications that they're getting, you know, fleshed out. Um, but 
for the for the vast majority, uh, if you look at a macro view of Hedera, it's more so just getting primed. It's kind of you know hanging out. It's been you know trading sideways relatively, and that's the you know and that's how you can understand what's happening in the community. Nothing too much is going on, you know, from a from a, that grand st uh, standpoint. Uh, but everyone is really just getting prepared um, once we get that EVM parity, because then um, all of these NFT you know applications that everyone's excited about are finally going to be able to start working as they would on any other EVM, and then we can start deploying all the DEXs and all the other you know money markets and and uh, financial primitives that we have prepared, um, and then really start you know blowing up the uh, the on-chain analytics of what's happening. Yeah, so it's also, it's basically a, a patience game for the yes, moment that will yes. kickstart yeah. the Yeah, and you know, Hedera's been around for a while. A lot of people have been waiting. And so, you know, for, for some people, it's like, you know, it, it may not be the, the best to hear that they have to wait a bit more. Um, but, you know, from just a macro view and an understanding of where the journey that L1s take as they acquired, you know, liquidity and acquire TVL, you know, this is just part and parcel. It's part of the process, you know, eventually it's going to start, you know, really popping off, but uh, we just need to be patient and, you know, things will happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just following up on this question, I was wondering in your eyes, what differentiates the Hedera ecosystem from other networks? Because we've, we've touched on uh, near and uh, became uh, network as well but uh, I would be curious to hear what differentiates the ecosystem. I'm actually going to reference kind of our discussion earlier uh, with regarding to DAOs and so I'll remind you the, the point of me with DAOs is you know while we can do all these cool things in the internet you know I want to be able to translate these these amazing innovations into the physical realm um, and have mm. material impact on people. And so Hedera, you know, if we ignore all the awesome little technical uh, things that differentiates it from all these layer ones, the biggest things yeah. that I can say are it's governing council um, is the is that tangible material impact into the real world. So Hedera spent, um, and the reason why Hedera is only now getting an EVM is because it's kind of spent the last few years integrating itself uh, into major fortune 500 kind of real world brick and mortar actual you know physical uh, physical companies that have real impact on real people um companies like mm -hmm. avery denison boeing ibm lg deutsche, deutsche telecom all these major um actual you know physical companies that aren't web3 companies they're not these like you know you know, funny money crypto companies. They are real companies yeah. that employ real people and produce, you know, your phones, produce your laptops, produce planes, um, run banks, things like that. So Hedera is focused on building up those relationships and integrating their services into those businesses. Um, and so now um, as Hedera kind of shifts focus to, you know, catering towards the retail crowd by building up their EVM and building up their, their smart contract ecosystem, um, that presents everyone a fantastic opportunity because as I want to translate as much of these innovations into the real world as possible, it makes complete sense for me to go on Hedera because when Hedera comes to me and says, hey, we're partnered with Standard Bank, we're partnered with Shinhan Bank and all these major mm -hmm. financial companies, um, that means that these cool innovations that we have with the DEX or with the money market or a lending protocol have an endpoint and they already have, you know, quick connection. So, you know, 
it seems much more feasible for me to develop a, a financial primitive on Hedera and then speaks to the Hedera Governing Council of which you know Standard Bank as an example is a part of that council and then take the innovations from the decks that we've seen and then show Standard Bank and then begin to kind of integrate uh, and create hybrid systems that are able to going to positively in, impact the people that Standard Bank serves, uh, Standard Bank's customers and all of their other network connections that we could then explore because we're able to develop and deploy a product on Hedera. Um, so Hedera just has these real world connections that I'm so excited to begin to explore as we kind of get decentralized applications that, you know, for the most part, most other layer ones don't really have these, you know, solid, uh, you know, industry connections. Mm. Yeah, it, it almost sounds like Hedera is a bridge between the web exactly. and the real world. Exactly. That's, that's a good way to understand it, correct? Yeah, and now I was actually curious, I've been gathering um, and making a sense of where your mindset is and where Hedera startups stand. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would be curious to hear from you on the main big picture goals for Hedera Starter. Yeah, so um, we can understand this kind of in a time frame. So between now and let's say the EVM and let's say that we're going to have the EVM by the end of Q3. Um, mm. You know, the, the, the focus between now and then is as we deploy on, you know, Binance Smart Chain and on Hedera, we're kind of hopefully act as a great kind of liquidity gateway we'll have hashport and a few other chains and bridge or a few other bridges sorry that we're speaking to um and so the whole goal between now and uh now and the end of q3 is to exist on both you know another layer one and hedera um so we can begin uh generating that uh that overall marketing uh, hype and the marketing focus on hedera um yeah. because the fight that we have to have is you know, there's only so many people that are currently in the Hedera community. It's a rather small community, um, but it's a very strong and, you know, tight-knit community. But we need to start pulling in audiences from the Binances, from the Ethereums, from the Solanas, from these other layer ones, and show them all the awesome things that are happening. So between now and Q3, we're going to ideally start launching pro uh, projects um and then attracting initial audiences and then once we kind of full-blown have smart contracts once we're the same as all the other ethereum layer ones then um the focus is to push you know to that 500 million dollar tvl is kind of the first big macro goal for us um and to get you know quite a few financial primitives launched between uh the end of q3 and then into kind of q1 of next year um, and then hopefully put us on track for a billion dollars in TVL, um, either uh, end end of Q2 or into Q3, Q4 of 2023. Um, and then as we push towards a billion, um, hopefully by that point, you know, we have 100 dApps. Um, we have lots of different um, GameFi being built up because I feel like GameFi kind of follows after you have a lot of these financial primitives because you just you, you need liquidity to flow into the system and you, and that you need there to be lots of money within the system for you to develop these kind of tertiary um you know metaverse and nft game fi uh, structures um so to kind of summarize basically we're looking at um fo we're focused on kind of getting to the evm and getting to 500 million tvl and then pushing on towards a billion 
um, and during that entire time kind of evangelizing Hedera and pulling up more and more people over from other uh, layer ones uh, to Hedera. So I imagine it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be a nice, fun challenge. Um, but, you know, I'm in this industry because I want to challenge myself and I want to challenge my team. Um, and uh, I believe we can accomplish the task. So it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, a lot of hard work. Absolutely. And uh, the bigger the mission, the, the more interesting the journey is. Exactly. And I cannot uh, emphasize enough how important the community is as an element in building uh, the reputation of the Hedera ecosystem. And, you know, for me, building a community comes down to um, sharing the mission with the community members and with the other outside communities and through collaboration. And what we are doing right now, sitting down and having this uh, insightful talk, this is a community building initiative right here. Exactly, yeah. Um, now moving on, you know, we, we've touched a bit on uh, dApps and uh, as dApps sound great in theory, you and I both know that uh, many have failed on the attempt to create stability and the structure needed within their strategies. So I was curious, what does Hedera Starter do to help projects gain the structure and alignment and uh, consistency during their progress? Yeah, so I come from a very um, structured, a very kind of rigorous background, um, more traditional uh, work experience. Um, and so it's, it's translating that kind of structure um, into the fluidity and the dynamicism of crypto, because, you know, I understand, you know, we all want to wear sweatpants and hang out in dark rooms all day and take showers <laughs> once a week and eat Cheeto puffs. Um, and, and I'm not forcing it. I'm, <laughs> I know it sounds awesome. I'm not, and I'm, not, <laughs> and I'm not forcing all of our projects to, you know, go buy an office building, go wear suits all day and do that stuff. But, um, the whole focus for me is the idea and the understanding of integrity and authenticity uh and and the consistent application of that of those principles and i think if you no matter what keep those principles in the forefront of your mind and if we can inst and if we instill that successfully in every single one of the projects that comes through and their team then they're naturally going to kind of develop characteristics and have an approach that is ideal to what we're looking for uh as we launch projects because um you know if you have a ter if you don't have a good work schedule or you're not honest with your teammates or there's a lack of transparency um you know things that fall within the realm of overall personal integrity that's when you kind of begin to see stability issues you know if you sit down let's take a look at you know let's let's talk about code okay so you know did you do you have the integrity to admit that okay maybe i didn't put enough effort into the smart contract did i completely mm. rigorously check the smart contract did we do an internal audit did i take this internal audit seriously did i devote the necessary time to thinking about the major edge cases and the major issues you know for um that could potentially uh cause uh cause exploits or cause hacks you know um yeah. you know not not to bring light to like the beanstalk issue but if you're aware of beanstalk and what happened with yeah. the exploit of their stable coin you know they lost a few you know 75 80 million dollars um you know and i'm not trying to you know point at the team and say it's their fault but you know there's edge cases and there's very you know minute issues you know 
do we have the integrity to try to you know publicize and you know let everyone know about potential risks um, that are structurally inherent to the protocol um, and all that ties back into um, us as a team Hedera starter as an incubation team um, instilling in every single one of these protocols um, the at the very the very focus on integrity and being authentic there's a bunch of other things we provide whether it's funding whether it's protocol refinement tokenomic adjustment you know working with the team to you know to fix various different aspects of the protocol but i feel at the end of the day we are going to you know be the most successful as an incubator hedera starter is going to be the most successful by getting our teams and getting our ido people to understand and value integrity and to realize the uh the, the role that that character plays into how they uh govern themselves as a person and then govern their projects and then run their communities because integrity is going to be the guiding light of how they treat their community and then eventually how that community treats the project and then treat the rest of the ecosystem so that that hopefully kind of explains the uh, what i think we can really bring absolutely and uh it really does come down to transparency managing expectations and aligning on the value that the, the teams are working towards building exactly yeah um now you touched a bit before on community building and i'm very curious to hear from you how does hedera startup approach community building since we know how critical it is in a project's uh, long-term success. Yeah, so um, I think the, a lot of the things that I see is, um, you know, with, within the realm of decentralization, we all want to be anonymous. We all want to be, um, you know, not really at the face of a project or anything. But I still feel like, you know, within the, you know, the stages of development that the industry is is in, we still need to have a person who is, the face of the organization who is really accountable. Um, and so we'll, you know, while a lot of people want to remain, remain anonymous and be a part of like large teams and not really, you know, there's no blame to be, you know, specifically placed on anybody. Um, I have the approach that, you know, as the, as you know, the co-founder, I'm going to be the face of the Hedera starter. I am the face of the project, which means that every time there's an error, every time there's a mistake, an issue, a problem, all that ends up, you know, being on my shoulders and I accept that responsibility. Um, now the question is how does this kind of apply uh, to the community? Well, the segue from that is, you know, as I go out and act as the face of Hedera Starter, as their, you know, as their leader, um, as their operational guy, um, I'm, you know, whether I'm doing Twitter lives, whether I'm doing YouTube videos, we post videos like every single day, um, when I'm mm -hmm. sitting down with our community and discussing you know, various different things going on in Hedera and Hedera Starter and the overall markets. Um, it's being that kind of comforting um, face and kind of uh, that that pillar that people can look towards and say, hey, you know, I can, this is this is the person who is running Hedera Starter. You know, this, these are the values that he, that he exposes or espouses, um, you know, when there's issues or where there's problems, he's the one who takes the responsibility and works to do the best that he can to solve those problems um, so that he can deliver us the best product possible. You know, that's um, that's kind of the whole feeling that I've been trying to give off and I will continue to, to, to work to give off to our community. And I think that's kind of what's really helped them 
um, or really helped us generate such a uh, such a strong and rather healthy and organic community is by kind of being that uh, person and being that face and willing to take the responsibility um, because the payoff is that everyone is going to you know place their trust in me and and uh, you know be willing to look towards us more than other competitors or other projects because we have that more human presence to us. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a uh, that's a strong leadership mindset right there. And uh, for someone who's been working with um, quite an eventful ecosystem, you know, we are working with different projects, and there's always so much going on. This is a question that um, just popped into my mind as, as I was listening to you, and I was wondering how do you manage to keep the team aligned on the short term? goals while also keeping in mind the bigger picture um, uh, goals and the long-term mindset that uh, you have to have in this industry. Yeah, so it, it, I, I kind of adapted um, from my like traditional kind of work experience. Um, and so, you know, the, the hard and fast is that, you know, every single meet, uh, you know, we meet, I mean, we're speaking every single day. Um, you know, obviously, because we're, you know, a team through Telegram, Discord, wherever, through calls and, mm. and stuff. But um, to really keep that alignment on the short term and on the long term, there is a bit of structure to it. You know, we're meeting, we specifically sit down, you know, twice a week, you know, at, uh, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, and we mm. go over kind of like the entirety of the week, you know, what did we do from Sunday to Wednesday? Um, how did that work? Did that work well? What didn't work well? Um you know, what projects are we going over, all the things that are happening, and we'll kind of, you know, recap, you know, what's the state of all the all the projects that we're incubating, what's the state of marketing, what's the state of all the content we're producing, what's the, you know, what are the various different, you know, partnerships we're working on, what's going on with that, and then we'll do that again on Friday, uh, and then each time, you know, on Wednesday, we look for, look a week ahead, um, and then build out a schedule. And then Friday uh, or Saturday, again, we, we look a week ahead and then we're constantly, you know, working on a calendar for the entirety of the month and then for the rest of the year. And so, you know, if you look at our internal kind of company documents, we have detailed calendar or a very, very detailed calendar that has, you know, a lot of different goings on for every single day, what's going on, um, the purpose and the reasoning behind every single event, um, and then how that kind of ties into our overall global uh, or overall macro strategy. Um, and so, you know, how do we keep that focus on the macro? And it's, it, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, putting together a reasonable schedule um, for the, you know, the weeks ahead and the weeks prior, understanding, you know, why we're doing certain things and giving good reasoning behind doing certain things um, and then being able to sit down and say, okay, we did this thing. Did this actually help us achieve any sort of short-term or long-term goal? Yes or no. Okay. No, let's not do it. Yes. Let's continue to do it or let's try to refine an improvement. And so all that's happening because we're willing to chat, willing to take feedback and willing to say, okay, what is working? What did I do that I shouldn't have done or what did I do that I need to do more often um, and constantly understanding that no matter what you do, you're never going to be good enough. And there's always a way that you can improve. And there's always somebody beating you, whether that person or whether that DAP or DAO is on Hedera or whether it's on Polkadot or Ethereum or somewhere else, there's always a person doing something better than you. And you need to be able to try to figure out why they're doing it better and then try to beat them at their own game. Absolutely. And uh, 
I I align with your mind so much, and the reason is that I'm a big believer in feedback. Yeah. And for me, feedback is such a critical element. Whether and it has to be both. It has to go both ways. It, it has to be asked for and it has to be offered. So for me, out of everything that you just mentioned, feedback really stands out, and the importance of feedback as well. Exactly. Yeah. Without feedback, you don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you know what you're doing right, and you can improve and build on it. Exactly. Now we've mentioned a few strengths, important strengths that Hedera Starter has, and I would like to uh, flip the tables on this one and ask you: What do you think the biggest challenges are for Hedera Starter at the moment? Yeah, biggest challenge, uh, the biggest one is going to be um, how do we handle and how does the Hedera community handle Hedera starter launching on Binance um, Smart Chain and then bridging over to Hedera because um, with our decentralized application, the launch pad, we don't have the necessary smart contracts on Hedera to be able to launch on Hedera mainnet. So we're having to launch on Binance and then bridge over um, to from Binance to Hedera. So, oh, sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> it's early in the morning, but um, it's going to be the biggest challenge. It's going to be a bit of a marketing, uh, quite a quite a bit of a marketing challenge. Um, and that's something that I've been trying to tell everybody as much as possible. We have weekly technical updates that come out every single Monday, uh, Mondays, Monday and Tuesday. Um, and we mentioned that at the top of the article, you know, that we're having to launch on Binance first before we deploy on Hedera. Um, and then I talked to everyone on our telegrams and our discord about that. Uh, I've done videos on it. And so I've been very vocal to try to be ahead of the curve about that. But, um, you know, that is going to be a big challenge because we are Hedera starter and, you know, why are you launching on Binance? And it's like, okay, well, we just, we, we technically are unfeed it is not possible to launch on Hedera and do all the things that we would like to not have a working application if we you know wanted to launch on Hedera. So thus we have to launch on so biggest challenge that we're gonna, that we are facing and are having to overcome as we speak. Well good luck on that and just hearing the way um you align the team internally and your structured approach, I have no uh, doubt that you will manage to put it up. Yeah. Um, now, at the beginning of the episode, we touched on uh, DAOs and how they can affect uh, the outside world, but I would like to talk to you about DAOs within your um, Hedera Starter ecosystem. And I was wondering how is HDAO Run and what type of decisions can be taken by uh, token holders within your DAO? Yeah, so um, HDAO is, is an awesome component, something that I'm really excited about um, because it's going to be it's going to be the mechanism by which a lot of people who have traditionally been locked out of the uh, the pre money kind of seed private strategic round uh, fundraising process. Uh, that's going to be how the HDAO will be how those people will be able to get in. That's how retail is going to be able to eventually um, get into these super um, lucrative opportunities. Um, so the HDAO mm -hmm. in nature, its whole purpose is to be the governing factor that um, decides what passes 
and what does not pass through the incubation um, program over to the HPAD because a project enters incubation, we incubate them and then speak with speak with the various different um, people that are in the HDAO and then we all work together as a giant group to bring a project from zero to one. And then once we all um, believe that they're in the, the, the most complete state possible, then that's when we'll have the vote to, to say, okay, will this project pass from the incubation phase to the fundraising and the, uh, the launch pad phase? Um, and if the H, uh, HDAO decides no, then we have to abide by those wishes and likely the decision has been made with good reason there's likely something that the community member community members uh, of the hdao um, believe is an issue with the project or there's some tokenomic flaw or some you know some reason you know maybe they don't believe that the project is going to be viable in the long run um, so it could be any reason um, as to why members of the hdao would vote no uh, for a project but then on the flip side they can also obviously vote yes um, and so rather than us being like other launch pads where we simply say, okay, hey, we're just gonna go get projects and then bring them up to you. And then if you wanna, mm. you know, if you wanna buy the tokens, then, you know, if you wanna buy the IDO tokens and you can, if you don't, then you can, um, then you don't have to. Um, we're kind of coming and saying, okay, we're gonna involve you in the process from square one and allow you to participate in all the seed and lucrative funding and then also accept, you know, and ask you for feedback and solicit you for your own ideas um, for how we can make projects better or make protocols more successful in the long run. Um, and then obviously they'll be able to be the governing uh, vote as to if these projects, as if, as if these projects are able to um, um, go and proceed to the launch pad and then be launched. So that's kind of uh, what to be what's to be expected with the HDAO and something that I really think um, I try to speak as much as I can about the HDAO, but a lot of people are kind of uh, not aware of it. And but I'm I'm excited as once we'll once we deploy, and once we are able to see how the DAP is able to function, then I think they'll begin to understand the uh, amazing opportunity that we have with the HDAO. Absolutely, and I I think that the HDAO is such a important component within your ecosystem and one that puts you as a co-founder of the starter in a very interesting position where you are used to be the face of the project uh, uh -huh. for a starter but for the DAO you are just not a member exactly yeah and now as we talked about the DAO component I was curious how does the Hedera Starters project pipeline look like? As I am very curious to see what upcoming projects you have within your ecosystem, and I'm sure our community is very curious too. Yeah, so um, the big the big two that I'll uh, drop out on or that I'll shill for today are Tangent Finance, which will be a cool uh, DEX that we're getting uh, ready to deploy, um, and then Metastable, uh, which is another kind of uh, synthetic AMM. Um, that we've also um, kind of incubated for a bit prior. Um, so we have those two guys, um, and they are very much financial primitives. And um, are... so they're very much financial primitives, uh, which is very important because we really need financial primitives prior um, to a lot of other things on chain for liquidity to really actually flow in the ecosystem um, and for investors that are outside of the ecosystem to come on. Because obviously, if you have 
you know, lots of Ethereum or lots of BNB or lots of Solana or AVAX or whatever, you know, that does you no good if you can't bring that over and transact that here on Hedera and uh, convert that to some other um, sort of currency. So those are the major kind of uh, projects we're getting ready to deploy within the upcoming months um, that I'm willing to release information about. Um, and we feel that they're kind of going to play a kind of a supremely important role within the, the uh, ecosystem. And then from uh, on from that, we have a lot of NFT metaverse game five projects that are that we're speaking to that are that are kind of getting ready to join the pipeline um, because we focus a lot of our marketing and kind of community development on the NFT community um, within Hedera. Right. So now we have some great relations with a lot of different artists um, and uh, we've done our best to kind of work and do run little giveaways with, with artists every single week to kind of drum up support for them to get, you know, the word out about what the art that they're producing. And so now a lot of them also have ideas for different metaverses. Um, some of them have really cool game ideas. Uh, and so now it's like helping them translate their ideas into reality um, to make the game or the metaverse of their dreams. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like. It's a mixture of uh, DeFi and a, a little bit of GameFi uh, and some NFT stuff. So uh, quite the full pipeline and we're already working a lot as is. Um, and so it's only going to get uh, more busy and more fun um, as we get further out. So That sounds exciting. And, and uh, I'm happy to hear that you're working with uh, artists and making them an important element within the pipeline for this year. Yeah, no matter what, uh, everything is kind of downstream from culture and downstream from art. And so art begets uh, or culture begets art. And then art begets politics, begets economics and all of that. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of like a philosophical take. But, you know, artists are by nature kind of like the creative vessels. They are the source of creativity um, for a lot of things. And so that also applies to um, blockchains and networks and um, layer ones. What artists do and, you know, the cool things that uh, artists are able to create and come up with are going to be, I think, primary uh, drivers for the culture of the network. Um, because, you know, it, it's cool if you have a DEX, it's cool if you have lending protocols, cool if you have a whatever. Um, but one of the primary, I think, drivers for people coming on chain is gonna be those intangible items, you know, that creativity, the passion and the culture that's developed by the community. And so that's why kind of why we're working so hard with NFT artists because we understand the immense value that they hold within attracting other people to Hedera. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, creativity and collaboration and storytelling will be at the center of uh, Web3 and decentralization without a doubt. Agreed, yeah. Um, now, last but not least, as we are well into Q2, I was asked, I was wondering um, how does the rest of 22 look like for Hedera Yep, so we are uh, looking to launch in May, launching projects uh, beginning from that point, and then um, really beginning the uh, the DAP launching process in uh, I think end uh, mid to end of Q3, and then into Q4. Um, so you can, you could think of it as like a giant kind of like exponential chart. So we're kind of starting off, you know, a little bit of volume right now with, you know, some projects being announced, some things being discussed, but then as we mm -hmm. kind of get towards the end of 2022, we're going to really start pushing our projects as the EVM is going to finally be there. 
Um, and so we'll be able to support all the different DAP uh, use cases. Um, so that's kind of what to look forward to. Um, a bunch of different, you know, fun marketing things. I know we're hoping to do a lot more live events. Uh, we want to explore the possibility of doing meetups and things like that. Um, so there's there's a lot going on, um, and we're very excited for kind of everything. Um, also, I cannot wait for um, Christmas and the New Year, so then I can sleep for a few weeks and uh, recharge for I mean, y'all have been great so far, and I'm excited to kind of uh, begin putting a lot of the uh, Hedera tokens on FMFW and uh, really start to see a lot more uh, HTS support around the ecosystem. So I thank y'all for kind of being such an innovative um, exchange and uh, willing to partner with us uh, as we kind of grow out our ecosystem. So th thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And uh, we, we know that uh, there are a few HTS projects that... Uh, they're in the pipeline and we are currently working with them to integrate them and that's something that uh, our listeners and our community can uh, look forward to. So thank you for your time again and thank you for everyone that tuned in today and thank you for being part of our mission to free the money, free the world. Heck yeah.